red hawks browns as hash browns for some <laughs> So I should start talking. Thanks. There it is. Alright, moving on. Did the microphone trick me into I've been a sports fan my entire life because all of my friends are horrible people. Yes, Cam had a very bad game. Can we get that on tape? Get that overrated piece of crap out of this conversation. <laughs> are you sure you want this on tape? That's what I was transitioning to. Big time Timmy Jim Chris Sale, Bartolo Cologne. A lot of tears and a lot of beers. I can't argue with anything you say. Hello and welcome to Late Night Shots. Chris and Brad tonight. How's it going, buddy? Awesome. Yeah? Is that I don't know he... if you know this, but I can predict the future. You can. You're a couple weeks off. I think I said Didn't you one say... week. I think you said week five, right? Because you said Luan will come back and he'll have a new uh, quarterback. I remember saying Tannehill was going to play nine games. Oh, all right. So You could be right. That would make it either seven or maybe week eight. I don't know when Tennessee's bye is. Either way, I did call benched for performance. You did. And that's not what we're going to start talking about for the (laughs) mulligan. Uh, Mulligan is actually going to be the refs in the Lions-Packers game. Because holy crap, was that bad. Yeah. like, And I thought this year in general was bad. But that might be the worst game this year. So it's, what is it, 22 to 13? Yeah, and right? by, by yeah. the way, I know Alex is yelling right now about the, the Saints non-touchdown touchdown. Yeah. But, but anyway. So 22 to 13, third and long, and Packers thrown incomplete pass, I think. Yes, and there was hands, hands to, to the, the face, face on Trey Flowers, is that his name? Yeah. And they show the replay. Nowhere near. Not even close. Just has him like up on the shoulder pad underneath the neck or yeah, underneath his chin. Not even close to his face mask. Yeah. First time he's ever been called for that penalty in his life. Like Not ever the in, last. in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. So Packers drive down the field, touchdown. Yep. Shouldn't happen because it would have been fourth down, fourth and like 18 or something. So Packers get the ball back 20 to 22. They're down. Oh, and on the Lions drive in between that. Lions throw it downfield. Receiver gets smacked hard. No penalty. <laughs> so then Packers are driving down by two. Uh, third down again, I think. But this time it was in field goal range. Yeah. Like around the it. 25 or something like that. Third down, incomplete pass. Or, and, and flag comes what out. What happened then? <laughs> now he's been called for it twice in his NFL career. Replay shows... Nowhere near the face mask. Like, super obvious that he didn't do it. Packers get the first down, and they are able to run out the clock because Jamal Williams, is that his name? Yeah. No. No, um, Jamal, no. Jamal Williams, right? Backup running back for the Packers. Lions give him. I keep wanting to call him Jamal Adams because they have Adam Jones and Jamal Williams. Oh. I keep wanting to call him Jamal Anderson, but that's not right. (laughs) A couple years off and wrong team. Yes. Other than that, though, nailed it. (laughs) So close. So the Lions just open up the hole so that he can run through there and score a touchdown so they can get the ball back. He says no and drops to his butt at the two-yard line so that they can run out the clock and kick the 20-yarder to win the game. Yeah. How can the refs mess up this much? I... I don't know. And They're like, I think, you're the Lions. You deserve misery. Yeah. It's so bad. And the thing is, even on... Because this is the first year where pass interference is reviewable. Yeah. And like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, it seems like they're calling defensive holding a lot more than usual mm-hmm. because you can't challenge that. Yeah. Um, but also, they won't turn over... Like, even when you watch it and you're like, oh, he was definitely holding that guy's arm. Yeah. Like, no, it wasn't clear and obvious that it affected his ability to well, catch clear, the ball. Well, so obvious, it's... and extensive. Yeah. They're like, well, he hit him, but he didn't hit him hard, so we can't overturn it. But yeah. if you would have seen that live, it was a penalty, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's not a penalty when you watch it again? No. Yeah. Good so, job. Um, Did you see I that? wonder if the hands to the face is sort of that kind of thing where they're like they wanted to call pass interference but there wasn't enough or whatever but i'm a 
firm believer in in the last two minutes, especially in a close game, let them play. Yeah. Like, let it be a little rough. And especially since now you can challenge if they don't call anything and you think there was pass interference. Mm-hmm. If it's late in the game, um, why not let them play? And then the booth can call down and go, yeah. hey, we we think there was pass interference. Or the other coach can sort of lobby and then you can. Yeah, that would be a good way to do it. Did you see the other instance of the refs on the Packers' side? <laughs> I don't believe so. So they had six guys in the secondary and seven guys on the defensive line. Well, that equals 11. <laughs> <laughs> they were in the nickel and the, the, oh, the old 7-6 bear. Yeah, that, I think that's what it's called. No wonder their defense was so good back then. <laughs> yeah, they had 13 guys on the field. No penalty called. Well, at least it's not like there's a, a ref whose job it is to count how many guys are on the field. I mean, all you have to do is count all your fingers, and if you see one extra guy, you know they're good. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. 13 people, no penalty. I think there was another like blatant offsides that got missed. So they said there was like four or five ones that they missed that greatly affected the game. Yeah, it was pretty horrendous. Um I think there's something up, like the refs either just don't care anymore or they're a little overzealous. I know as far as in the first like three or four weeks, they had shattered the number of like holding calls or yeah. whatever penalty. I think it was holding. Yeah, it was. Offensive holding yeah. that had been called. And the the NFL actually like had a meeting with the refs and was like, you guys need to dial it back a little bit. So they decided to just suck in general instead. Yeah. They dialed back the total effort. <laughs> nice. Well, the refs definitely needed a mulligan for their performance. If you want a mulligan, head to Homestead Farm and Golf in Linden, Washington. Mention late night shots for free small bag of range balls. You can also check out their Cleveland and Triction clubs and apparel in the pro shop. Rates have gone down now that we are into October, so you can get some cheaper golf. And they're going to have some upcoming winter events, fun leagues, and mini tournaments that you can check out on their Facebook and Instagram page. So make sure to head to Homestead for all your golfing needs. It just dawned on me. I wonder if the refs were like, they're still feeling bad about the fail Mary. (laughs) Let's give them one. I thought about that too, but maybe they just have like this weird long memory. They're like, oh, that happened like five years ago. And it also wasn't us. It was replacement refs. Yeah. But still other people, a different team involved. (laughs) Let's penalize this other team instead. Because that's how it should work. Go pack. Man. One thing, I saw Matt Prater made like what, five field goals in this game. So it was like the lone bright wow. spot for the Lions. He made almost as many as Cairo Santos missed a couple weeks ago. He still made, not better. He made one more than Cairo Santos missed, which is still sad. <laughs> oh, um. Don't know why they let him kick the fourth one, but whatever. I don't know. I made fun of that on last week's episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Packers' offense did not look very good in this game. No. I mean, they're missing. Um, how early did uh, Valdez Scantling go out? It was. No, he didn't. I think he got hurt at the beginning, but he was still in because then he caught like a 47 yarder in the fourth quarter or something. Oh, okay. I must have missed. That. Oh, yeah. It says he's. Two for 48 with a long of 46. Long of 46. So I, I just didn't see that he came back in. Oh, but yeah. I mean, because without um, Adams and MVS is the second target yeah. on that team. I did see. Did you see the amazing interception? I did not. Uh, Packers are in the red zone and Rodgers throws an out to number 10. I don't know what his name is. Alan Lazard. Sure. Is he number 10 or is he number 13? No idea. Uh, I think he's number 13. I don't know who number 10 is. Oh, well. Um, And the guy goes to the ground to catch the ball and kind of slips, bounces directly off his face, up into the air. Lions guy's like, oh, piece of candy. Oh. And runs it back like 65 yards to the 35 or something. That happened. In the Minnesota game to Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I was going to say that happened. Same type of thing. Hit him directly in the face. (laughs) Interception. And I was fine with that because Stefan Diggs, after doing nothing all year, 
the one week I put him on my bench yeah. decides goes to go off. off for 40 fantasy points, I think. 41. 41, yeah. I think I'm going to win some sort of award for most points left on the bench. That's, that's an impressive award. I had Jordan Howard on my bench a couple weeks ago. Oh, in the yeah Thursday night game? Yeah. Right? We had three touchdowns? Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to talk about it, All even right. though I brought it up. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, Packers' run defense looked good, though. They held um, Mr. Johnson to, like, two yards of carry or something. Um, a carry on my wayward son. Yes, him. Um, held him to under two yards of carry, I think. He didn't do very much. Stafford had an all right game. Packers just definitely did not deserve to win this game. And they go to five and one, yeah. and they're tied for the lead in the NFC. Yeah. So the the Packers have possibly the ugliest five and one I've ever seen. Like, if I didn't know they were five and one, and you asked me what their record was after seeing the like how they've played all year, yeah. For some reason, that Bears game doesn't go down in my head as a win. No. To open was the it? season, thirteen to six, thirteen to yeah. seven. Um, there's another game that they they've had. They won, and then I was like, "Oh, that!" For some reason, when I think about it, I'm like, "Who did win that game?" Or, "Oh, they lost that game, right?" <laughs> but uh, let's see. They oh, they well, they demolished the Cowboys last week. Yeah, yeah. They oh, they won ten to three, beat the Vikings by five. Beat the Broncos by 11, but that was a weird game because the Broncos kept moving the ball and they have like a weird turnover. Um, then they lost to the Eagles, demolished the Cowboys, and should have lost Yeah, yesterday. So, But I mean, I guess a win's a win. Five and one is... Uh, yeah. And that's kind of neat in that division. <laughs> yeah. And also, I mean, when you talk about, you know, teams that should win games or shouldn't win games... Um, I forget who pointed it out, but they're like, if you take away like outliers, like games that were decided by more than eight points, mm-hmm. basically more than one score. Yeah. Most of the league, like, um, the teams that have been that everyone thinks about as being like perennial, like playoff teams and all that. Like, those games are the difference. Oh, yeah. Just, they have a significantly higher win percentage in those. And then in, like, games where they either get blown out or blow teams out, it's all, it's about the same with the rest of the league. So it's, you know, winning games like this is, I guess, what separates the good teams from the middle and bad teams. Well, games that you should win and trying to separate from bad teams, Cowboys decided they didn't want to do that because they played the Jets. And a lot of people had this as like the lock of the week and the game that definitely should be a win and playing a quarterback who's coming off a mono and the Jets tried to hand it back to him. Yeah. Against a Jets offense that had less yards than Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And the Cowboys just didn't show up for the second week in a row. Yeah, it was... Because it was 21 to 3 at one point, right? In this game? Yeah. Last week they were down 31 to 3, I think. Yeah, it was at halftime, it was 21 6, even. So even after the Cowboys got a field goal going into the half. That's not good. So was it. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with the Cowboys. Speaking of bench points, Robbie Anderson, also on my bench. The 92 yard touchdown? Yeah, that was fun to watch. <laughs> Oh, good for you, Brad. <laughs> so this drops the Cowboys to three and three, tied for the lead in the division. <laughs> I think like they're so lucky they're in that division. Yeah. Um, but it it has been the Cowboys looked like they were gonna be really good and semi dominant through the first three weeks. And then as good as they looked in the first three weeks, they have looked equally bad since. Well, that's what happens when you play teams that have a combined three wins. Yeah. The Giants, Redskins, and Dolphins. 
Then you go and play the Saints, who no breeze, and you can't do anything there. And then you get annihilated two weeks in a row. Like, it ends up being a close score, By the but way, it wasn't close. How do, how do you throw 226 yards to one receiver, he has two touchdowns, and you lose the game? Oh, the Amari Cooper thing? Yeah. Because you throw for 380 yards or whatever in the second half and you're down by 30? <laughs> it's just a Blake Bortles supreme game. And oh, Darnold looked way better than I thought he was going to. Yeah. Over 60%, 330-some yards. Imagine if he hadn't gotten you know, illnesses that 13-year-old girls get. <laughs> you can get them when you're in college, okay? <laughs> What about when you're a 26 year old man or 20? How old is Darnold? Isn't Darnold only second year? Yeah. So was he, he a senior when he was drafted? 23. 20, Darnold's 22. See, told you. Hey, I got mono when I was 20. 21. Were you making out with Sam Darnold? No. Because that would be really weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have been really weird. No, it was not. Yeah, I don't know. The Cowboys are going to need to figure it out, though. Yeah. Um, we can talk about why they need to figure it out in our preview. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to go to a bird team that won or a bird team that won? <laughs> let's, let's go to a bird team that won. Okay. So, Falcons cards. And... Is that the one you thought I was going to go to? Um, no. Okay. Well, that's what I'm going to. Because I don't know what's wrong with the Cowboys, but I, the Falcons, they are just terrible. They're done. They should throw in the towel for this season and uh, just start planning for the future. <laughs> They're 1-5. in five, like, And they haven't looked good in six of those games. Maybe seven. Uh, who'd the Falcons beat did they beat the eagles on that weird game where the eagles had no wide receivers yes 24 20 yeah, yeah not good oh my god through six games the falcons have five sacks There's, is that good no there are a bunch of players with more Mariota sacks than got so sacked more than that last week did he yeah really yes wow he's good um denver had that many sacks um yeah actually i think Two or maybe three of those could have been Tannehill, but he was close. I think he was. Mariota was only sacked three times. Okay, maybe it was just the total was like six or seven. Yeah, Tannehill was sacked four times. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Falcons Cardinals. <laughs> Quit trying to talk about Tannehill. Uh, MVP. So Matt Ryan had a good game, but it didn't matter. He Matt was, Ryan Tannehill? Yeah. He was 30 for 36, 300. 56 yards, threw for four touchdowns, didn't matter though. Um, because the Cardinals beat them, and they're now 2-3-1, and one, and they look surprisingly I, decent. I think the it's it seems like the Cardinals are starting to click. Like everyone's kind of getting on the same page. Kyler Murray looks so much better the last couple weeks than he did in the first few. Well, he looked um, good in the second half of the Lions game to start the year. Uh, he didn't play that great against the Ravens. I don't think he did against the Panthers either. No. I guess, yeah, it was more like games, what, two, three, four, that they lost. And then these two wins, like you said, he's looked a lot better. Yeah, so um, I think he's sort of starting to get more comfortable, get the jitters out. Um, the Cardinals looked like they were having fun out there. I don't know if you saw the touchdown to the tight end where Larry Fitzgerald tripped the guy after he got up. <laughs> I did not see that. He got up, started walking away and like fell over and then Larry Fitzgerald stands up. He he'd grabbed the guy's legs. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, um, Kyler Murray throws for 340, three touchdowns. Um, Ran the ball a little bit too. And then the only reliable player for the Falcons cost them the game. The only reliable player. Um, oh yeah, over the last three hundred four years. Years, yeah. yeah. Matt Bryant. Yeah, he missed an extra point. Ironically, 
as we were talking about kickers missing short field goals and extra points <laughs> at a higher rate. I think there was like yeah. four kicks during that four text span. Yeah. Where guys just that were missed. Yeah. And yeah. The Falcons had a nice drive towards the end of the fourth with under two minutes left. Yes. And they scored the touchdown, and then he missed it. Yeah. And I and think he, is that when they came out with the stat that it's been like 6% of onside kicks have been recovered um, since they changed the rule? I think it was less than that. It's, it's a super low number because you have to have a foot on the 34-yard line. Yeah. No more running starts. Yeah, so it's, it's just almost impossible to get to move ten yards before they can touch the ball. Yeah, <laughs> and there was a decent especially onside since kicks they, attempted this week. Like the only way to recover the onside kick, if you're going to use that rule, is the way that they used to do it. That is now outlawed, where they would kick kick the ball really high up in the air and just have someone jump up and try to grab it. Oh yeah. That's not illegal because people used to get the crap knocked out of them. Because now it has to touch the ground twice or whatever. Is yeah. that what it is? So Falcons are so, one and five now. I, I don't know if they should start trading away and trying to build up for the future or what they should do. But like, I, I feel bad for Falcons fans. Actually, I don't really, <laughs> but I should. Because over the past five years, has there been a team that's done less with more talent? I think you brought this up last time. Yeah, I just I'm baffled by it. if you look at their rosters over like even going back to when they had Julio and Roddy White. Yeah, going back to like and, when they blew it against the Seahawks in the championship game. Yeah. Um one thing that was consistent though was the Cardinals giving up yards to a tight end again. That was crazy. You know the only time they didn't give up yards to a tight end? When I needed a tight end fantasy, and I picked up Tyler Eifert. <laughs> Why would you pick up Eifert? He's a cripple. Uh, because he was going against the Cardinals, who give up a million points to tight ends, and there was no receivers on that team, and Andy Dalton still decided not to throw to him. Yeah. So, so yay, right. fantasy. Yeah, Hooper goes 8 for 117 with a touchdown. So another nice game by a tight end going against the Cardinals. Yeah, they, their linebackers need to figure some stuff out, or they need to start playing more nickel or... They just need to quit. Be better. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, one tight end who's not going to be making any more catches, Will Disley. Nice. Well, he, not nice, but yeah, nice transition. Thank you. Um, he tore his Achilles early on in the game. I think it came out today that it was a torn Achilles. I know that's what they thought it was going to be. Um, so he's done for the year. And he'd been having a really nice season. Yeah, he was... He was taking a lot of, um, a lot of targets. He got a lot of red zone targets, um, especially the, against the Cards. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, uh, and didn't the Hawks trade their backup or yeah their backup tight end to the Steelers? Yes. Uh, what's his name? Vanett. Nick Vanette. Yeah. yeah, and then they I think they signed Luke Wilson back. After that, okay, because he was a free agent, so he's back in Seattle, I believe. Um, But, you know, that still puts them down to one. So no matter what they've done this year, they've only had one tight end on their roster. He was having a good year, 260 yards, 23 catches, four touchdowns, um, which is good for a tight end. He's one of the best tight ends in football this year, stats-wise. Um it's just another blow or a blow to the Hawks offense that doesn't have a ton of weapons, even though Metcalf's look has been looking pretty good as well. Yeah, a lot better than I thought he would. Yeah. Um was But this... speaking of offenses with weapons, obviously weapons don't help you because who has more weapons than the Browns? <laughs> yeah. And who has um you know, just repeatedly not either not shown up or lost close games like there was I think it's Baker Mayfield cuz he's looked really bad. Yeah. Well I think his success at the end of last year sort of got to him and uh made him a little cocky which 
last year I thought he was kind of riding a line between having a chip on your shoulder and being an a-hole. Yeah. And now he has stepped right over that line. The difference between competence and egotistical. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this game was... It was a good game. It was really entertaining. It was kind of back and forth. Browns jumped out to a lead. They were holding that. Seahawks was came back, made it twenty to six, I think. Um, yeah, I think it was twenty to six at the half. No. Oh no, at one point, yeah, because yeah. it was yeah. Um, and then Seahawks came back, made it a game. Then they came and uh, they took the lead. Yeah, it was just back and forth. Yeah, they took the lead. Then the Browns come out, take the lead, and all they have to do is stop the... No, I'm, I'm getting... <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting Where multiple are you going games mixed up. Because uh, I was like half-watching Red Zone and doing other stuff. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of the end of the Dolphins game, where oh. all they had to do is convert the two-point. Yeah. But... That was not this game. No, Back it to was this not. game. <laughs> yes. Um, the weird thing in this one was it was twenty to twenty-five. Seattle was ahead, and they stopped Cleveland on like a goal line stand. That's the ending I was thinking of. There's like four from floating yeah. around in my head. So yeah. then, Cleveland's defense holds, and Seattle has to punt from the end zone, and it is a trash punt, <laughs> like a Ben Lore special. Yeah, and like it was. It didn't twenty even cross their. 40 or no something? they got it at like the 25 yard line yeah um yeah three plays for negative one yard and it was a 23 yard punt so it's always nice to get it on your on the opponent's 24 with no return yeah and then it was a two plays for a touchdown so after that awesome goal line stand by the hawks they just gave it away by the way the touchdown i believe was that the one that baker ran in that was earlier in the game what touchdown was the one that put them, like, at the end in the fourth? Uh, Nick Chubb had a three-yard rush. Gotcha. Yeah. But then Seattle drove right down the field. Nine plays, 79 yards, scored a touchdown, and went up by four and won the game. Because Baker was like, hey, Jameis likes to throw interceptions. So do I. Here's number three. Even though that one was not his fault at all. <laughs> it hit his receiver in the hands. Yeah. And it just popped up to KJ Wright. He's like, oh, piece of candy. And then the game was over. I will always go to that because it's always yeah. funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think the Browns are in trouble. I think they sort of They're two and four now. Not good. Yeah. They rely a little too much on it being like a backyard football game. Yeah, that doesn't work against the Seahawks who specialize in that. Yeah. And there is a thing I heard about Baker Mayfield is that he, when he gets back in the pocket, he drifts to the right. And I guess it's gotten so bad and so consistent that teams game plan for it. Oh, So their defensive ends try and like loop to a certain spot that even though he's not there, that they'll come up behind him and be able to affect him. It's like. That's a really bad tick for a quarterback to be like, yeah, yeah I'm always going to go to the right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I like it because the Browns are looking like yeah. the Browns, which is nice. <laughs> and it's so far, this will be four years in a row that they've been the, the team that people are like, oh, this could be the year. This could be the year the Browns stop being the Browns. And yeah. then they continue being the Browns. Like, you know why? Because they're the Browns. Because teams have identities. There it is. <laughs> Uh, before we get to the previews for next week, I want to remind you guys that Homestead is putting on a little promotion raffle giveaway. So far, someone contest. has a hundred percent chance of winning. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the winner of this gets a round for two with no cart, and you don't want a cart right now anyway. Um, you're picking the winners of three primetime games in this coming week: Chiefs at Broncos, Eagles at Cowboys, and Patriots at Jets. We want you to send us a score for the Pats Jets game. Um, just send us a message on Facebook or Twitter and use the code late night and whoever does the best wins the prize. So make sure to do that ahead of the game or yeah, just before Thursday to get entered into that contest. And one of those games, Eagles Cowboys is Sunday night. And that's one of the ones we're previewing. 
Uh, those teams are both three and three, and yeah, battling and for the, the division winner, lead. Yeah, the winner will be in sole control of the NFC East. Yes, always confuses me that the Cowboys are in that. I know when they like redid the divisions, they just wanted to keep the rivalries with yeah. the Eagles and the Redskins, but it still annoys me that the Cowboys are in the East. Some of them are bad. At least it's better now with the NFC West that the Rams are in the West. It's like, yeah, they were in Missouri. That's not West. Uh, West-ish. Yeah. They were west of the Mississippi. Actually, I don't know if Missouri is. Yes. Yeah, I think Geography so. for the win. Yeah. Yeah, so three and three. Both teams' quarterbacks have looked iffy. I think I trust Wentz more. Um, Wentz is sort of, he's good for one quarter a game. I think if you gave Wentz the weapons that Dak has. Oh, he better do better than Dak. Yeah. (laughs) If you gave him a all pro running back and a near pro bowl receiver and a hall of fame tight end, and a fast receiver (laughs) and a number two. (laughs) (laughs) That's also never going to get old. (laughs) No, it won't. Um, yeah. Sunday night game yeah. in Dallas. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty yeah. even game. It is, and the Eagles have been sort of up and down. They have in even some of their wins looked really bad, and then just came out in the fourth quarter and compensated. Oh, that's right, because they started off the season being down by eighteen. Yeah, something like that to the Redskins. Yeah. Then they I think it might have been 20 at Was one it point. 20? Let's see if um, I can figure it out here. And Carson Wentz has, I think there's been a couple of times he entered the fourth quarter with like under 120 passing yards. Probably. It and then ended that, with like 300 and something. It doesn't help that his receivers are terrible. It was 17 nothing in that Washington game. 20 nothing, like I said. Right. Um, yeah, so they come out and they... Almost lose to the Skins, then they lose to the Falcons, then they lose to the Lions. So it's looking really rough in Philly. Then they win-win, and then they get beat by the best quarterback in that division in Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and they got beat bad last week by the Vikings. But So then they play the Cowboys this week, and it's the second of three straight road games for them, which is kind of tough. Yeah, but... Um, the fact that they're all on Sundays. The makes way it all the right. Cowboys have been playing. Yeah, the Cowboys is, look terrible. Yeah. Now, this could be like a lot of teams get it together for a home game in prime time. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case here. And I. Probably not. I'll say since. Like. Um, how do I word this? Um, the Eagles and Cowboys have sort of been on opposite trajectories. Where the Eagles started out looking pretty oh, bad, yeah. and they've been getting better, and they looked really good last week. Yeah. The Cowboys started off looking pretty good, and they've been getting worse, and they looked pretty bad last week. True. So, I cannot argue with that. Um, yeah, so I think... I like the Eagles in this game. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I like them. It'll probably be like a normal primetime Dallas game where it's 23 to 20 or something yeah, like that, and it's close. Definitely but. think it'll be close, and it'll be, I bet you it comes down to, like, the team that's down will have the ball at the end. But, yeah, I could see that. But, yeah, I like the Eagles. They're moving in the right direction, and the Cowboys are moving in the wrong direction. Another team that's moving in the right direction is the Texans. They've been looking good lately. Uh, they're heading to Indy to play the Colts. Um, just a, it's a really good matchup. Um, two teams that recently beat the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, what division matchup? Uh, the winner of this is in the lead of the division, I believe. Yes, because Texans are four and two. Colts are three and two. Yes, whoever yes. wins will lead the division. Um, yeah, Texans, their offense has been clicking lately. They put up 31 yeah. and 53 the last two weeks. Deshaun Watson has not taken a sack in the last two games. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that was possible for them. Yeah, and because their main issue that I was worried about was their offensive line. Yeah, because he tied tied the NFL record for most games in a row with four more sacks taken. Something like that. And, um, of course, he didn't take a sack against the Falcons because they don't know how to sack people. Yeah, it's hard to put up 45 points or 50. 53. 53 um, if you're getting sacked. But, yeah, he hasn't been sacked in two games. Um, It's going to be tougher for them because their first-round pick, the tackle, um, Titus Howard, he has a partial MCL MCL tear, so he's going to be out for at least four to six weeks. It is weird. A partial MCL, you would think it's only a few weeks, says Houston is hopeful he'll play again this year. That doesn't sound like a three-month injury. I wonder if they're just taking it easy, or maybe he has histories of knee problems or something. Yeah, it could be like um, a a big or a big tear. Yeah. There could be other things torn. Speaking of knees and hopeful playing this year, Jeffrey Simmons practiced the other day. The Titans' first round pick. Huh. Nice. And you know who else practiced yesterday? Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Future MVP. Okay. World champ. You know who didn't practice because he was too tired from kicking butt? Kirk Cousins. Not Cairo Santos. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he tried to kick butt and just missed a lot. Uh, he filed an application for the XFL, but he missed. <laughs> I don't even care that that joke wasn't yeah. formatted that well. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I still liked it. Uh, yeah. So uh, Vikings, yeah. Lions. Bears, oh my. Ooh. <laughs> um, this is... This is an interesting game, just because. And what makes me feel worse for the Lions after last week is if they would have won that game, they would have been in first place in the division yeah. at three one and one. Because I think three one and one is better than four and two. I think the four wins would get them. Well, I think, and the tie is just the tie. Pardon just like the pun. A, a tiebreaker. Yeah. But I think because three and one is better than four and two because of percentage. Yeah, does it go? I don't think it goes by win percentage though. I think it's I just total wins, and then the losses is the tiebreaker between. Yeah. Uh, uh, because if a team's on a bye. Um, I, I can't ever yeah. remember seeing a situation like that before. But, yeah, but um, I believe it's just number of wins. I don't know at this point in the season where they have had a bye and no one else in the division has or had at that point because yeah. the Bears didn't play last week. Um, yeah, but, anyway. So they're playing the Vikings who are 4-2, and two, and they've looked good this year, or lately at least. And I was going to say, honestly, I think overall through five games, I think the Lions have looked better than the Vikings because the Vikings worried me in a couple games. And the Lions have been... In every single one? Um, I think the Lions have been in most of their games. The Vikings have looked good in three of the last four. Yeah. They've won by 20, won by 18, and won by 18. But they Even with that garbage quarterback. Yeah, he's terrible. He's like top 10 in touchdowns yeah. and yards yeah. and percentage, and top 10 is the only thing that matters. So yeah. I think that means he's good. But yeah, the Lions, 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. They sit in last place in the division now. Um all of their games have been one score. They had a tie. They won by three. They won by three. They lost by four, and they lost by one. So they're two, two, and one with a plus one. They are an exciting team to watch. Yeah, which is weird saying that about the Lions. They could have a like a big stretch of exciting games because they get Vikings, Giants, Raiders, Bears, Cowboys. All those games with how the Lions have looked, like kind yeah. of playing the Lions to whoever they play. Looked, I was going to say the Lions have looked as good or better than most of those teams. Yeah. I'm interested to see how they play against the Vikings and a team that has a good defense and an offense that looks to be clicking. Yeah. Uh, Dalvin Cook has some of, or like he's third in rushing yards or something like that. That sounds about right. And. Um, Cousins is throwing for a bunch now. He yeah. looks good. And he remembered that Stefan Diggs is on his team. Yeah. So if they are going to try to 
you know, work him into the game plan as much as they did last week and then still have Adam Thielen. What was it? Two weeks ago, Thielen had over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Last week, Diggs goes for 160-something, 170. Six or something like yeah, that. Someone, for, and, and three. three. Yeah. And he could have had another face one. mask bobble. Yeah. That was, it was hilarious. <laughs> but, um, this game's in Detroit. It's a morning game. I don't think you have to worry about weather or anything like that this early in the year. But well, also, isn't Detroit in a dome? Are they now? Oh, yeah. I keep. I always think of the old Detroit Stadium for yeah. some reason. Yeah, Ford Field. They've been there for, what, like 15 years now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, isn't it a weird stadium where there's, like, lots of windows or openings so it looks bright all the time? Am I thinking of the right place? No, you're thinking of Arizona. No, that's not what I'm thinking. <laughs> I get Detroit and Phoenix mixed up a lot. Uh, places that nobody wants to live or nobody under the age of 60 wants to live. <laughs> Detroit and Arizona. Right. Um, that was, yeah. I like the Vikings in this one. I think they're a better team. Um, kind of sounds like you're leading towards Detroit. I want to, but I. how many times have I been like, yeah, no, I like Detroit. I think. I think this could be their year. I think they could be a good team. And then they just let me down. You know what you need? You need Nick Foles to be the quarterback for Detroit. Yeah, because Nick Foles hates me. <laughs> but like, man, I trust in the, the Lions. They've won their last two games by like 30 points apiece, and I think it's going to be good for them. They, and then they lose by like 45. Yeah. Like, oh, thanks, so, Lions. Um, I don't trust them. I've been burned too many times. I'm going to go tie. All right, so the Lions, the Lions will be 2-2-2. Two, two, two. <laughs> nice. That would be hilarious. Two, two, and two. I wonder if a team's ever been two, two, and two before. They'll be two, two. <laughs> I can't say the <laughs> other part of that. <laughs> oh man. Oh. All right. So let's just move on to talk about a guy who wears two gloves when he plays football at the quarterback position. Teddy two gloves. That's right. Short foot Ted. <laughs> the two gloves. Other, other. That's the other Teddy. <laughs> Who's sad for totally different reasons. Uh, Saints are playing the Bears. This game's in Chicago. Beginning of the year, this looked like it was going to be an incredible game with the Bears' defense, and maybe their offense was starting to figure it out. But now you got Bridgewater. You got Chase Daniel. Who I I think so far. Well, in the half half game he played in America, he looked better than Trubisky. Yeah. Um, the London game, I don't really want to hold that, that against count. him too much because it's... Those games are so weird. It's his first actual start in how long? Maybe ever. Mm. Um, since Missouri? And then going to... Since two years before he left Missouri. <laughs> oh. By the way, he's he's got to be on the list for best job or best career ever, right? Like most, Daniel? Do, most dollars made per not playing i swear we've had this conversation before and he hasn't actually made as much as you think yeah um yeah like money made versus what he did though no that's matt flynn matt flynn well of course matt flynn played one game (laughs) so chase daniel's 33 and he has made 20 million dollars it's not bad yeah yeah no matt flynn definitely takes the cake because he played one game, the Seahawks signed him, and then they drafted Russell Wilson, and he got beat out in training camp, and then never saw a football field again. Chase Daniel actually made more in Kansas City than he did anywhere else. Really? I thought the Bears signed him for the... Maybe a lot of that was... No, maybe not. He made $10 million in Kansas City, $11 million in Philly, and he's made $10 million in Chicago so far. Yeah. Weird. Hmm. Um, but Bridgewater's actually looking like the Bridgewater people thought he was going to be. Um, he's around, what, 65, yeah. 70%. Going for 1,100 yards already. Seven yeah. touchdowns. Uh, see, I've never been a big Bridgewater fan, but he did look good in the last game. And the Saints... No, I, two weeks ago. Right? Is that what you mean? Because they played sure. the Jags this week, and I don't know if he... Threw for a touchdown, maybe only one touchdown. Okay, well, yeah, no, it was definitely the week before that. Yeah, because he threw four touchdowns against the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. four touchdowns. Um, but yeah, they've 
the rest of that team has stepped up in Drew Brees' absence because I thought for sure, like when he went down, I was like, oh man, that could be it for the Saints. And yeah. they've, played they've played equally great. good. Yeah, they beat the Hawks in the Bridgewater's first game. And then the defense has looked really yeah. good. Marshawn Lattimore has been playing lights out, yeah. just shutting down anyone that's on that half of the field with him. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing seeing what a true shutdown corner can do. Um, whether it's you got guys like Lattimore. I know Marlon Humphreys had some great games this year for the Ravens. Just if a guy's yeah. able to lock down the number one, it really changes. Yeah, having having a guy like that where you can just go, especially if you're going to play against the Bears, where you go, you look at their offense and you go, okay, Alan Robinson, Robinson, he's their threat. Who's like the next most threatening player is a distant second? Uh, Who's their rookie running back? Montgomery. Yeah. David Montgomery. Yeah. Is he their second? I would say so. Big blow to the Bears, though. Yeah, maybe Taylor, on. Do they have Taylor Gabriel? Yeah, they do. And they have Tariq Cohen. Yeah, so, but, um, I mean, I would say I kind of like the Saints if you can put Marshawn Lattimore on Allen Robinson, take him out of the game, which they've done a good job of making sure Allen Robinson gets his touches, even in games where they're not playing that well. He's still getting... You know, six, seven catches, 100 yards. Um, I think, I don't know if that's going to be enough. I don't know. I, I don't think it is. I, <clears throat> I think the Saints win this game. I just don't think the Bears are that good of a team. I really like their defense, but their offense worries me a lot. Big blow to the defense, Akeem Hicks is on IR now. Nope. IR designated no. to return. Hakeem Nix. Not the same guy. <laughs> you sure? Um, was he running a route on your team and then blow out his knee and fumbled the ball? Uh, no, but he did give some money to his college roommate and get uh, fined by the NCAA or get in trouble with the NCAA. NCAA so. is so dumb. Speaking of dumb, the Mariners are now the only team to never make it to a World Series. Because nice. the Nationals just clinched with a sweep over I the Cardinals and they're that. going to the World Series. Well, I mean, at least the Nationals have a long storied history and the Mariners are fairly new to... Oh, wait. I think they include the Expos with the oh, Nationals. But... Gotcha. But the Expos, I thought, went to a series at one point, didn't they? Before they were an embarrassment? No, they had the best team in baseball during the 1994 strike season. Oh, so they and, won six games? Yeah, so they were the number one seed. I think I know a little more about baseball than you do. Okay. <laughs> uh, got a couple more football things. There was two decent or two trades today, one big one, one decent one, um, both involving the Rams. So it started off with the Rams trading Marcus Peters to the Ravens for Kenny Young and a fifth-round pick, which I like. Kenny Young got benched and healthy scratch, so he hasn't been playing. Yeah. Because he doesn't know how to read offenses. <laughs> Ravens huh. sharp corner depth with, because Tavon Austin's out for the year. Um, they just put Deshaun Elliott. Watson. Yes. No. Um, Deshaun Elliott, I think. Rookie safety out of Texas. He's on IR. Tony Jefferson's on IR. Just a lot of injuries in that secondary. Jimmy Smith hasn't really played this year. So yeah. that group that was supposed to be the deepest in football with four guys <laughs> out, that's kind of tough. So I like that they got Peters. Yeah, and then they filled the Marcus Peters gap yeah. with a guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, he was Ra- ma- he was built for that team. I mean, Ramsey Bolton? Jalen <laughs> Ramsey. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that happened, what, just a couple hours afterwards? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which makes me think they probably waited until they had things sort of concreted with the Jags to make the Marcus Peters trade. Yeah. Um, so I love Jalen Ramsey. I think he's the best corner in the league. Um, although Marshawn Lattimore is making a pretty good case for that this year. But yeah. if you look at what the Rams basically gave up for Jalen Ramsey, 
Marcus Peters, two firsts, a first this year, a first next year, and a fourth next year, yeah. a 2021 fourth. Um, and they're still going to have to pay him. Yes. That is, they gave up quite a lot to get him. And I really like Jalen Ramsey, but I think that is, that's a lot to give up for one player. It's a lot to give up the two firsts. Well, not, not just the two firsts, but if you factor in giving up Marcus Peters. I was going back to look to see what it's a, um, what the Rams traded to get Peters in the first place. Oh, okay. I think they they gave up. They a got f- him for not very much. They gave up a fourth and a second, and got him in a sixth. Okay, and they had him for two years, or uh, one and a half. This one. This half. is his second season. Yeah. So they traded two firsts, a fourth, a fourth, and a second. Pretty much, yeah. To get a sixth, a fifth, and Jalen Ramsey and Kenny Young, and they're still gonna have to. I guarantee you that Jalen Ramsey deal, it's gonna be 150 million. It's not gonna be that much. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be what? Um, Is he gonna get 100 million dollars? I think he could. Uh, what's um, the? Because right now, uh, is the Patriots corner Stephon? Gilmore, the highest paid corner. I'm trying to think if anyone's been paid since him. It's basically whoever signed the con- yeah. most recent contract. Oh, here um, we go. Oh. I know Kevin Byard is the highest paid safety. I can't be right. But I don't know if that's secondary players or just safeties. But Kevin Byard just signed a huge deal. Yeah. Um, Rightfully so. He's yeah. a great safety. Uh, but I, I think they're going to pay... Um, there's a thing saying Xavier Howard. Yep. Five for 75.25 oh, to be on the Dolphins. <laughs> that um, They had to pay extra for him to be on the Dolphins. They had to give him a million dollars per loss per season. Oh, man. So that's why it was $15 million. <laughs> um, Like We're just hoping we win one. Yeah, I think Ramsey probably gets... Five for 80? I was going to say at least 20. Look at some of these guys. I was, was going to say, he's going to be coming up on quarterback money. Oh. Desmond Trufant, Xavier Rhodes, Trumaine Johnson, Josh Norman. Those are four of the top six contracts. Yeah. like That's not good. And aside from Desmond Trufant, are any of those guys even close to Jalen Ramsey status? No. I, I left out Patrick Peterson because he's oh. actually good. Yeah. Xavier Howard, his contract was signed starting this year yeah that's a lot I, yeah he's gonna i wonder if he's gonna yeah, so he's, want like a full million or two more or a high guarantee or I, I bet you he's gonna be coming up on 25 a year i bet you he's gonna make the argument that because he can shut down wide receivers he wants wide receiver money so he's gonna want to beat the michael thomas contract which is five yeah. for 100 well i mean he did show up to train camp in a brinks truck so that sends a message <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy who's like and the Ram- it better be nine digits or we're not talking. The Rams aren't afraid to pay people. Yeah. It it also could be. It's, it's tougher for them now, though, because they had to pay off. I was going to say, it could could be one of those weird things where it's like a, you know, like a two-year, $50 million deal or something like that, where it's like a lot of money, just short term. But I don't know if that. I was trying to look at the Rams' salary by year, but it's not. Popping up. Oh, well. Yeah, they have... A, oh, gosh. They have a lot of money. They have more money allocated next year than they do this year. Oh. So they are really hoping... They're really planning on those TV contracts and everything. Mm-hmm. Bumping up that salary. Yeah. That's that's rough. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's... I, I like the trade for the Jags. They got a lot. Yeah, and they can definitely see. The thing is, obviously, you can't really replace a Jalen Ramsey, but one of the reasons he was upset was they were playing too much zone. They do have other corners and um, secondary players. So if they can draft a good 
young guy and they play some zone, they can sort of fill that gap more than they would be able to trying to, you know, find another lockdown corner. Yeah. As well as, um, you know, them being able to having two first round picks each of the next two years, they can really um, fill out some team needs with yeah. some really good players. Yeah, I think I think they're doing it right. And the Rams are definitely doing it the complete opposite way. Um, They've been just trying to buy a championship for how long, and it hasn't uh, worked. 2016, they drafted Jared Goff. That was their last first-round pick. They don't have another first-round pick until 2022. Makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's a long time of not having first-round picks. I do like the trade for the Ravens and getting Peters, though. Yeah. I think... I think that will help them out a lot because their backup corners have been getting toasted having to actually start. But do you think it's a gamble by the Ravens to take Marcus Peters? <laughs> I was trying to avoid saying this. Uh, yeah, moving on to gambling <laughs> on that, that fantastic transition. Uh, betting 110 to 100. Uh, I'm still in the lead at 11 and 7. Alex is nine and nine, so he's creeping back up after starting like one and six, or no, we been worse than that. I think it was one and five. Um, Brad and Landon are tied at five and four in second place. Woo! Um, and like normal, these will be on the spot for Brad. First one is Dolphins at the Bills, taking the Bills here as sixteen and a half point favorites. Um, I think the Bills defense might score enough on their own to cover this line because the Dolphins are awful. <laughs> um, the Dolphins haven't covered a double-digit spread this year. They were three-and-a-half-point underdogs last week, yeah. and they covered that. But their first four games, they were double-digit underdogs in all of them, and they didn't cover in any of them. But you know what they didn't do in the uh, first four games, five games? Ho, 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 it's magic. No, he played. You know. He played in the last game where they covered. Yeah, he also started the season for him. Nah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, 16 oh. and a half. I think the Bills win by 17 or more. I think the Dolphins cover. Wow. <laughs> wow. That means I think they'll be within 17 points. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be within three scores. Or two. Yeah, 16. Yeah. Well, this line's a little closer. It's Houston at Indy, and Houston is a one-point favorite. I like Houston here. I think Houston wins, which when the line's one point, it's it basically does. a pick em. Yeah, so unless or it's a tie. tie. <laughs> um, I got Houston here. I think, I think they're better than Indy, um, even if it is just by three points. Um, but I got Houston. I think Houston is a better team, but I really like Frank Reich and what he does like game planning and all that with a lot of games where um, you know like that Chiefs game he they went out and they just it wasn't even like a fluke thing like they just went out and won that game yeah I I'm a big fan of Frank Reich, and I wish he would go to a team that's not in the AFC South. <laughs> so you're um, going Indy here? Yeah, so I think I, I like Indy to, uh, to tie or win. Nice. All right, and last one is Saints at Bears. I mentioned earlier that I, I really like the Saints in this game. Uh, Three-and-a-half-point favorites, I think they – or no. They're giving up three-and-a-half yeah. to the Bears? They're three-and-a-half-point underdogs Yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. Um, so I think the Saints win this game. Yeah. So I, obviously, I think they cover. I definitely think that... Uh, I think this line know, has moved since the yeah, beginning of the week also. I would... Like we said, you have a guy who's capable of taking Allen Robinson out of the game, mm -hmm. and then after that, we don't really know where the Bears' points are going to come from or where their offense is going to come from. Um and the Saints have looked good in pretty much every phase of the game so far this year. So I think I would definitely take them plus three and a half. I keep going to click on it, but the screen keeps bouncing around. So I click on the wrong thing and then I have to go back to it. 
Bears are still three point favorites. Man, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. Put some money on that. Like, that's not even. So just bet my kid on the game. Yeah. Well, the only thing I could think would be if the Bears had more rest or something, but they didn't. Bears didn't play last week. Oh, that's right. They are coming off a bye. Yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, the London game was two weeks ago. Yeah. So you're going. So Saints yeah, they still? did have more rest. Yeah. That that's got to be where the points are coming <laughs> yeah. from. But yeah, it's still. I still go Saints. Right. Uh, so I'm going Bills. You're going Dolphins. That's sixteen and a half points. I'm going Houston. You're going Indy. I'm what's pretty much a pick 'em, and we're both going Saints to keep it within three. Uh, remember, only gamble where it's legal. Betting 110 to 100, and Brad looks to. Either fall behind Alex or take second place all on his own this week. Domination. <laughs> um, before we get out of here, remember to check out House of Hoodies, promo code SHATS, to get 15% off your order. Their hoodies are pretty sweet. They're nice and warm, too. Uh, I've been wearing mine around, and I like it. Repping that Lamar Jackson. Um, so head to the House of Hoodies. Go get a Tannehill House of Hoodies. You should. It'd probably be the first time anyone ever ordered one in history. You, you know how to spell Tannehill? MVP. 